0: Today Today, I want to share with you some lessons that I've picked up, some lessons that I've learned over the last few years from my dad, um, and particularly how in the season of life that I'm in right now, how that benefits me, how the lessons I've learned from him impact me and influence me, and hopefully, they influence you today as well. As I said before, what I welcomed you earlier, my name's Sam. Um, my wife, my beautiful wife, Haley, and I are the youth directors here at Desert Life. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and um, each week, our role is to speak into the lives of young people. So we do that in a number of ways. We go into schools through our school initiatives. We do it through our Friday programming and one-on-one mentoring. And one thing that I find particularly fascinating is the amount of influence that you, that me, uh, have when you develop and build positive relationships with one another. One of our streams, as I said before, is influence. And by building up those positive relationships, you just develop a level of influence that is genuine. And uh, it just builds up those relationships around you, which is what I think today, father, fatherhood, and what Father's Day is all about, is building up those relationships between fathers and their kids. Um, a little more background about me before we get into the meat of what I want to talk about. Um, my dad, who's here today, um, those of you who know our story know that my dad was in the military. And uh, just after, r- shortly after I was born, he left the military and he changed career fields. He left the military and he became a horticulturalist. So, um, and he's been thriving in that field ever since. <laughs> I'm not going to explain that joke for those who don't know. Because of the nature of my dad's job, He's, he has been able to bless our family, our family of six, abundantly. We have experienced and seen things that we never could have dreamed of seeing, from the Great Pyramids to uh, the Great Barrier Reef to awesome places around the world. And uh, that was made possible because of my parents, and particularly because of the hard work that my dad put in. And um, this week as I was preparing, I really strongly felt that I wanted to talk about the lessons that my dad has shown me. So those of you who know my dad know that my dad's not necessarily the most outspoken person in the world. He's not going to get up on the pulpit and talk to you, but he's not shy. He'll, t- he'll chat with you. He's a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. And uh, while I was thinking about what to talk about, I realized that my dad wasn't one of those kinds of guys who has quotes and phrases and says, oh, well, you know, my dad used to say this, and I know people like that. And I was trying to think of some of those lessons to talk about, and I couldn't think of any. But what kept coming back to me was the fact that those life lessons, those quotes, the uh, lessons and the advice that he showed me, he's actually not shown to me verbally, but he's shown me through his actions. And uh, I think that's a very powerful thing because us living together as a family, as I said before, a family of six, the exposure we have to one another has really built us up. And if you know my parents, you know that all of us kids are very similar to our parents. And uh, this has become, this, this mentality of thinking the silent influence, as I'm calling it, uh, that my father has had on me and my family, it's become particularly relevant and beneficial in this season of life right now. As a lot, a lot of people may know, I recently got married uh, 11 months ago now. We're enjoying our first, Haley and I are enjoying our first year of marriage. And, uh, and we're also enjoying uh, all, all that has to do with that. And I want to show an image on the screen. Um, this is the, uh, the baby that we are going to be welcoming to the world in, uh, the beginning of 2018. And so, <laughs> and so with that, I'm taking away and really trying to grow myself to be the father that my child needs me to be just like the father that I had. So I want to share with you a few silent lessons that, I've picked up from my dad over the years. Hopefully, you take away something from this as well. The first lesson, the first silent lesson that I've learned from my father is to work hard. Everybody say, work hard. Work hard. Work hard. Work hard. Always put your all into everything that you're doing. My dad has worked in basically the same job for the majority of his life. Gardening is a pretty extraneous career, he says. And uh, he's never been slack on his responsibilities. His job is very important. um, And because of that, he's not able to be slack on what his responsibilities are. Each one of us plays a role in the community. Some of us here are doctors. Some of us are pastors. Some of us work on trains and planes. Some of us work in restaurants uh, and serve in, in all these different areas. And the reality is, without those Uh, areas of influence. Without you fulfilling your responsibilities, you will affect somebody else. You will affect, you will not provide a service, or in the event of a doctor, that would be bad if we didn't have doctors, and if doctors were slack, decided they didn't want to get up one day. We are all trying to achieve a goal, and my dad has shown me throughout his life that you need to work hard. When I was in school, he harassed me when I didn't work hard, And I appreciate those lessons, even if I didn't listen to him all the time. (laughs) And this is also particularly difficult in the era that we live, in the time that we live, because the advances of technology and consumerism and consumer culture, we are so me, 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 we don't care about everybody else. and, And and what we're doing is the most important thing to us, and that really affects other people. So that's the first silent lesson I've learned from my dad. Work hard the second silent lesson that my dad's taught me is don't look back say that don't look back (laughs) dad has taught me to relax and keep looking forward dad's gonna love this one we uh me and my dad play golf quite regularly i know not everybody here likes golf but me and my dad love golf and one of the principles of golf is is no matter how bad you're doing you have to keep looking forward It doesn't matter how bad your last drive was or your last putt was. If you decide to focus on what's just happened to you, how badly you're playing or how badly I'm playing, um, you will not move forward. You will not get better unless you forget about what's just happened and move forward. In life, there's the same principle. If you continue to focus on the bad stuff that's happening to you, you're never going to move forward. We've just been in this mindset series that Pastor Ben's been preaching, talking about the power of positive thinking and how you need to keep moving forward with your mindset and what you're doing. Let me just get my notes back up. We need to remember to always look forward. That was the second silent lesson that my father has taught me. The third lesson, and... I think is the most important lesson, and, and it'll be talked about um, when Dave and Jamie come up too. In other ways, is making family the priority. Making family the priority. Say that. Life is short. No, you don't have to say that. Life is short. Just this week, I was having a conversation with somebody. I was walking with somebody. And, uh, and chatting with them, and, and they were telling me about an experience that they had a number of years ago where, where this, this man and his wife um, were in a doctor's office, and the doctor said to this, this woman, you've got cancer, and you are going to die. No, we can do this therapy, and, and hopefully, you know, things will look better. The diagnosis from the doctor was, I'm very sorry, but you are going to die. This is an untreatable cancer. And this person, as they were talking with me, said that that changed their mindset. It changed their life. All of a sudden, they started going out more on dates. All of a sudden, they started spending more time with their kids. They went on holidays. They went on camping trips. For me, my dad has always emphasized the importance of spending time together. On holidays, spending a little extra cash to do things together as a family. As I've said, we're a family of six, and nothing is cheap or affordable When you're a family of six amen even at now twice even now twice a week my dad and i go play golf together spend time together and 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 Haley and i go over to mom and dad's house for dinner and just spend time together as a family we live within our prior within our means and we prioritize spending time together my dad has shown me to prioritize taking the family out and doing things together you know over the next few months in my season of life and what I'm going through with the baby on the way and, and newly married, prioritizing family, working hard, and never looking back are some essential elements to my mindset and how I need to operate as a father. So with that, I'm going to pass this on to Dave King.
1: Thanks, Sam. Fantastic. Speaking of golf, my best ever round was 88, but then they wanted me to do the back nine there. Yeah. <laughs> and I decided not to continue. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this is an amazing day. Father's Day is an amazing day, and for all of us it brings up different thoughts, feelings, memories, emotions. Uh, For me, for many years, Father's Day wasn't an overly happy day. Um, One of my most vivid memories of my childhood, Uh, I was about six, my brother was about seven. We used to share a room back then, we had those Mum had the old, um, you know, the the bed bed bedspreads. It's the years before dooners, and and, uh, so anyway, um, one night my dad came in and sat on one of our beds, and he said, "Boys, I want you to look after your mother because I'm going away for a while." And then uh, we next saw him about three years later, and um, never again was he part of our family. He decided he didn't want to be part of our family, and so he left home with uh, a with a woman that he worked with, and uh, uh, came up to the Northern Territory actually, and. um, So for the rest of my childhood, I grew up without a dad in the home. Now for those who are single mums out here, or single dads for that matter, um, our experience was that mum had to provide for us, she had to work, and therefore she had to work two or three jobs, so it was pretty regular that uh, mum would put us to bed, we had to... a neighbour that would look in on us and then she'd have to go out and do a second or third job. So we, we had a lot of lot of time on our own and, and one of my big memories of childhood was just never actually feeling safe, never feeling secure, never feeling that that, that reassuring uh, comfort or, or peace that comes from having a family that's together. And, and my mum worked so hard and still does. I like actually more respect for her than, than probably anyone else on earth. Um, but growing up without a dad in the home left a hole. It left a gap. And for many years, it was really hard to to fill that hole. Uh, we uh, came to the Lord, uh, we became Christians and, and accepted Jesus in our hearts. I would have been 10 or 11. And that transformed me in many ways. But, you know, I still, for a number of years, didn't really know deep down inside that I was loved. Didn't really know that God loved me. What didn't help things was I did grow up in the Catholic Church for the first ten years, and, and had this picture of God. He, he was the He, he was the, the the mean one who was ready to belch over the head, and Jesus was almost protecting you from the wrath of God. You know that whole picture that many people grow up with, and so I found it easy to accept Jesus. Jesus, He was cool. He was He was fantastic, but God the Father, He He was a bit more aloof. I shouldn't say He was aloof, but in my experience, in my understanding of Him. It, it felt a lot harder for me to relate and so through my teenage years one of the the main men who was in my family in my life was my mum's dad uh, my grandpa and when I was about 15 mum sat us down and, and told us that uh that grandpa's decided to leave grandma he's uh he's come out and acknowledged that he's gay and he's going to move overseas with his long-term partner uh, to live with him and, and eventually get married and, and he stayed there till he died and um as it turned out, as you get older and you start to learn the, the backstories as an adult, I discovered that my grandfather was actually in a prisoner of war camp throughout all of World War II because he was gay. And um, when he when he finished up at the end of the war, he got married, had a family, as you had to do in that uh, era of, of, uh, of our past. And he waited until his family had grown up, uh, until he came out and acknowledged... Uh, what the reality was for him and and what he wanted for his life. And so for for me as as a child growing into a teenager, Father's Day didn't really have a whole lot of good memories, didn't really have a whole lot of good emotions linked to it. Mother's Day was great. We'd do all sorts of things for Mother's Day. Father's Day, we would still celebrate. After a few years, Dad came back into our lives and we did the whole every second weekend thing and whatnot. But it wasn't really the same. And then in my experience, and same with my brother, We both decided very young that we wanted to be fathers. We wanted to be husbands and fathers. For me, that was actually my goal in life. I had other goals, career goals and and those sorts of things, but my goal in life was to be a husband and a father. And I knew that I'd be married by 21, and I was. Um, And we had Caleb. I was 22, quite young. And um, in that moment, when I became a father, when my son was born, for the first time, I actually understood the love of a father. And I actually understood the love that God had for me. It was actually in that moment, I knew it it, at the head level. I understood the theology. I'd studied the theology and was studying at the time. But for the first time in my heart, I knew that I was loved. And the irony was, my name David means beloved of God. And so in all my growing up years, I didn't believe that. And so as a father, Father's Day has been an amazing time for us but even there you know there's there's so many tinges of sadness in life uh, on the 3rd of October 1997 uh, tiff and i lost uh, our second child uh, in in the womb and um and and that was just you know quite a quite an incredibly emotional experience and uh, we named him enoch because he went to be with god and um you know the beauty that even comes out of that is that on the same around the same day that Enoch was due to be born was actually when we conceived Jackie and so had we not lost Enoch we would have never uh, been able to have the joy in our life that is Jackie but you know with all these experiences father's day brings a whole lot of memories and it brings a whole lot of emotions and i'm sure for all of us sitting here we have a range of emotions a range of things that that fatherhood stirs up because no matter whether you're male or female, no matter whether you're old or young, no matter whether you've ever had kids, been a father, had a father, not had a father, fatherhood affects every single one of us to such a, a deep level. It's so much of the identity that we take on comes from our experience with a father and maybe our experience as a father. And and so I know that many of us today, just statistically, would be sitting out here and Father's Day would be more a sad day than a happy day. Maybe we've had loss. Maybe we've suffered loss. Maybe we've actually been estranged from our father for many, many years and we've never really made that right. Maybe we tried everything we could and we just never felt, like Paul said in the video, never felt the love of our mother or father. And so at such a deep level, this day affects us all. Now, one thing I just wanted to really uh, highlight, though, in the last couple of minutes I have left was that for me, once I gained that true understanding and knowledge in my heart that God loved me. It actually opened up my whole life. And, and one of the passages of Scripture, which we're going to bring up on here in a moment, actually I'll just read it from there. I won't use my, my notes. But it comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. And It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. to the measure of all the fullness with God. You know, if we pause for a moment at that first verse, I kneel before the Father from whom all on heaven, in heaven and on earth derive our name. You know, whatever your experience with fatherhood, whatever your experience with your dad, whatever your experience as a dad, if you've always wanted to be a dad and for whatever reason you never could be, if, that pain, you know, that pain that comes with fatherhood and Father's Day, we can actually derive from God our Father, our identity you know he doesn't want us to have an identity that's caught up in the world the world would say with that hole in your heart well, just change partner change job change address change gender change whatever you want to change and that will answer that question but none of it will because the only one who can give us the identity and the love and fill us with the fullness of that love is god the father for many years i knew that jesus died for my sins but it took a lot longer for me to understand that God the Father loved me so much that he took a piece of himself, because Jesus was God. He was the son of God, but he was God. So God took a piece of himself, placed it in a woman's womb, lived, died, rose again for me. And God loved me that much. And he loves you that much. And he wants you to be filled with all the fullness of that love. Jamie.
2: Thank you, Dave. Well, good morning. My name is Jamie Tasker, and I am one of the pastors on team here at Desert Life Church. I'm a devoted husband to my beautiful wife up the back, Fiona. I am a blessed and privileged father of three boys, Joshua, Benjamin, and Isaiah. I also stand before you as someone who loves life. If you turn to the screens, I'd like to show you a picture. As you see, there's a picture of my father and myself We took that yesterday, he was out working and I said, can you come home, I want to take a picture of you and I. Look at him, he's quite proud of his son. (laughs) I'd just come from the gym, so as you can tell, (laughs) see the muscles bulging out. (laughs) But as, (laughs) I just got upstaged. But I have a question for you this morning. We can take that down. What does Father's Day mean to you? What does Father's Day mean to you? You see, my definition of Father's Day is one that has changed. If you had have asked me that question at the age of 16, it would have a different meaning to what it has in this present day. My story for you today, as I stand before you, is one of redemption, one of reconciliation. Growing up, I can relate to somewhat as what Dave shared, I had a father but yet he was not present, he was a truck driver, he was there at times but he was not always present. I I lived near Salisbury in Adelaide, a area which had a lower socio-economic environment, there was lots of crime, you didn't have to go too far to find it and as a result I Ended up on this downward spiral of pain, of wanting to find validation, wanting to find acceptance, wanting to find love, also craving attention from my earthly father. See, so we can look at statistics and uh, the Department of Health, through their census, recently put out some results and 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. of children who run away from home, once again, from fatherless homes. 85% of children who show behaviour disorders come from fatherless homes. The National Principals Association report released some findings and 71% of all high school dropouts, and I'm not talking about those who leave to go into trades, but those who drop out of school, for no reason they come from fatherless homes. You see, I, I had a father, he, he just wasn't present. As a result, I, I went searching. You may be here this morning and you may have a story similar to mine. I'll tell you, there is hope. I went to spiritualist churches, I hung out with the wrong crowd, I used prohibited substances to mask these pain internally that I was facing. Can I encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're wearing a mask... To hide some internal pain. Would you please deal with it? You can only mask that pain for so long. In a little while, I'll talk to you about someone who can help you with your pain. You, you see, for me today, I, I do not want to beat down on fathers or men in society, but this is my story and where I came from. I was searching and, unfortunately, I was searching in all the wrong places. I remember at the age of 16, I was so burnt, I was so hurt, so broken. I rode my bike down to Parafield train station and I was that low, that depressed, I thought the only way I can find true peace is to end my life. I stood there in front of a train and I can still vividly remember this train coming towards me. I remember the look on the driver's face of sheer horror seeing this young man stupidly stand out in front of a train, but that was a pain I was dealing with. You know, and at that point, something critical happened in my life that changed my destiny, that changed my future, that set me free, it put me on a path to help me. I heard this voice say, there's more to your life than you think. There was no one else around me besides this train, the noise from the train and I just knew I had to get off the tracks You know, you may be here this morning and an encouragement for you is, there is more to your life than you think. I went home, I, once again, to a fatherless home. (laughs) I started speaking with my parent, with my mother and, you know, that set us on a path where we moved to Alice Springs See, God was working and infiltrating stuff in my life and yet I had no idea. I sat down with my grandmother, a lady who I love dearly, who had been praying for me all my life. Can I encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're praying for lost ones, never give up. I stand before you a living testimony of the faithful prayers of a dear grandmother who prayed for my salvation. (laughs) She took me along to church and I attended, it was actually this church, we were in a different location at that point in time, and I remember walking in and for weeks and what turned into months, just seeing the pain on my face as I looked and I saw kids interacting with their dads. It was foreign to me, I hadn't understood this concept before but yet I knew I wanted it, I craved it. The pastor then put the call out, is there anyone here that would like to accept Jesus into their life, a question I'm going to ask you guys very soon. And as a 16-year-old, I walked from the back of the auditorium down to the front, so I got on my knees and I accepted Jesus into my life. You see, redemption took place in that moment, reconciliation was taking place, this relationship between me and God was starting to begin and I'd never experienced this before. You know, weeks went on, I still felt this pain of not having a father present. That same voice I heard on those train tracks sometime earlier on, once again came to me, and I can still remember it, resonated in my body. It's from Psalm 68, verse 5. God, He He said to me, I am a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. God, He started to grab a hold of my life. In that moment, it then set a path, which would not only bring redemption, reconciliation, that would change my life around and put purpose, and love, and passion into me. Opportunity started to open up. I met my beautiful wife Fiona in the church. <laughs> I Still remember the first time I saw you, my darling. <laughs> I had a job offered to me, I'd completed year 11, I did well, but it was like, well, what next? Two apprenticeships were offered to me, one in plumbing, one in electrical, and I took the best apprenticeship you could ever do in your life, in plumbing. <laughs> God then opened up more doors, we then went down this path of going to Bible college and ministry. But you know, something else significant happened after that moment. You see, opportunities started to open up for my father and myself to mend this relationship. You see, we've been going through a tough time recently, and you know who the first person is who he calls when he faces challenges, and it's me, his own son. I tell you, it makes me feel proud. <laughs> so, when I showed you that picture before, it's one of restoration. I tell you, there's only one way by which we can be saved, And there is an Advocate in Heaven who prays, who intercedes for us, who reconciles relationships. You may be here today, and you may have a broken relationship in your family. Let me just leave you with these few thoughts. Don't ever give up praying. God is faithful. My God, He restores. I stand before you, someone redeemed, someone reconciled someone who loves life. This is my story. I pray if anything I've said has spoken to you, that you will open your heart and accept Jesus into your life if you have not yet done so. But also, don't give up on that reconciliation taking place. Even if that relationship seems so hard that it's impossible, never give up. If I could invite the team on stage, it would be great. And we're just going to pray for a few groups of people. And if you wouldn't mind standing, I would really appreciate that. See, I don't want to come to you with a heavy heart or to make people feel bad this morning. But the reality is, is that Father's Day can bring joy. Father's Day can also bring pain. But I tell you, my God, He brings victory. You may be here this morning and myself and the guys, we're going to pray for a few areas. But before we pray for those areas, I mentioned before about that step of faith that I took, walking from the back of an auditorium down to the front and giving my life to Jesus. I'm not necessarily asking you to do that. But what I am asking you is if your your relationship with God is, it just doesn't exist. It would be my absolute honor to pray for you for reconciliation to take place so that you can be made right with God. Can I encourage you don't do life in your own strength. I'm sure we can all relate to that. I know I have done it. It does not work. Ultimately we fall short. You now the thing I love about God, inviting Him into my life, is that He brought this restoration in place, that my life turned and transformed, and now I'm full of life and passion and purpose, and I just love speaking into other people. If I could just have everyone in a statement, uh, in a matter, should I say, of prayer, and if you are a believer, I want to encourage you to be praying in this moment. Be praying for those who don't yet know Jesus to come to know Him. And if you are here this morning and something I've said has touched your heart and you would like to invite God into your life, I want to encourage you just to raise your hand where you're at because I'm looking around and I want to know who I am praying for. So if you are here this morning and you want to make yourself right with God, you want to invite God into your life, why don't you just raise your hands? See, the good thing is, my God, He accepts us just the way we are. Too often we think we have to fix ourselves and be right before we come to Him, but He just wants us to come to Him as we are. Uh, I see that hand. Is there anyone else here this morning that wants to accept Jesus into their life? Awesome. Father, I thank You that You are Saviour. Lord, you accept us just as we are. And God, I just pray for people who have responded to you this morning. I just pray, Father, that you you forgive us for the things that we have done wrong. I just pray that you help us to see ourselves as you see us. I just pray that in this moment of reconciliation, this moment of restoration between us and you, Lord, I just pray your will be done in Jesus' name. I pray your protection over those who are making a decision now. I just pray that your spirit is filling them and you're having your way in their life. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, after the service, I'm going to have someone from our team just come and talk with you because we want to help you on this journey of life, Christianity. It's our passion. It's why we do what we do. We don't come just to sing songs. No, no. We gather to help point people to Jesus so that they can say yes and be welcomed into the family of Jesus. I'm so glad for you for making that decision this morning. Now, the guys are going to come forth, and we just want to pray for a couple more groups of people, and then we're going to end the service.
0: You know, as I shared this morning on the lessons that my dad taught me of working hard, never looking back, and prioritizing time with family, yes, that speaks to fathers, but I think that speaks to every single one of us now. And in a moment, I'm just going to pray For anyone that wants to continue to build those positive relationships with their families and with one another. If there's anybody here who just wants to throw a hand up and say, yeah, I do want to. I want to be a a person that works hard, who gives all the glory to God. Never looking back and prioritizing time with family and building those positive relationships. I'm putting my hand up. I'm going to put my hand up in prayer. Father, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you have created us to be beings of relationships, Father. You created us in your image, God. I pray, Father, that the words that were spoken today would just resonate in our hearts, Father, that they would marinate and that we would go away and apply them to our lives. I pray, God, that we would be a people that work hard and don't give in to laziness. Father, I pray that, that we continue to look forward with positive mindsets, God. And Father, most importantly, that we would prioritize time with one another. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. and there's one more group of people I'd like to pray for this morning and I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up but for anybody for whom this day holds some pain whatever the reason loss um, lack of fathers in your life lack of opportunities maybe regrets with your own children any pain whatsoever If if today is a painful day more than it's a celebration or even if just a little bit of it is I just want to encourage you place your hand on your heart now folks I'm going to pray the words of Paul over us this day. And For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Lord, we pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen everyone here, Father, everyone who's in pain with the power through your Spirit. Lord, that out of your glorious riches you may strengthen us all with the power of your Spirit in in our inner beings so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that all of us being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, and as as you fill us to the measure of fullness with your love, I pray, Lord, that you would meet us in those places of brokenness, in those places of pain. Lord, that we could could celebrate today. We could celebrate with you, celebrate you as our loving Father who comes and, and takes even the broken things and makes them new. And Father, I pray that this would be the testimony of this day in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic.
2: Right, why don't we give Dave and Sam a round of applause for sharing this morning? Thanks, guys. As Pastor Ben said at the uh, earlier in the service, we are going to take up a uh, offering when to give to the McCallan family to help support them in their move and their future. So, why don't you prepare for that? The service hosts are coming. We'll just pass the buckets around. Thanks, team. That's awesome. Just while that's taking place, I do want to remind you that after the service, we do have, uh, as a gift from us, at Desert Life Church. So all the men, we want you kids to hold off. This is for the men, 18 plus. We have uh, ginger beers. We have iced coffee. And there are Kit Kats in the back of Pastor Ben's Ute there. There'll be a team that'll help facilitate that. So stick around after the service. If you are visiting with us, do join us in the visitor's lounge. Just by the exit there as you're departing. We'd love to get to know you and hear some more of your story. But hey, thank you for coming. We really love you guys. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Go and spoil your father.